spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, July 16th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And back at Studio Feline, where I belong, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And in the beautiful valley above us, our producer, Roger Chang. I'm to the side of you, but it's still great to be here nonetheless. Well, I was going to say the valley answers, below, but sure. it's really the valley to the... It's north. valley above and also yeah. over that way. Yeah. Uh, let's start today's show with a few tech things you should know. Bloomberg reports that Apple lost three executives in India and is restructuring its India sales team. Apple's market share for iPhones in India is stuck in the single digits, unable to compete with Samsung and Xiaomi that have the lion's share. Uber wants to make pickup times easier to rely on with guaranteed pickup windows, including $10 credits if your driver is late and pre-written messages drivers can send you, such as be right there or I've arrived. Uber's also introducing Spotlight. Your ride gets assigned a color so you can hold it up uh, on your phone and help find your driver in a dense area, such as an airport. Yeah, they've had Uber's had the lights themselves, but haven't uh, you haven't been able to have a similar light? So there you go. Uh, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, Jeff Bezos is now the richest person who ever lived. Oh, congrats, Jeff! It couldn't happen to a richer guy. Bezos is estimated to be worth one hundred fifty billion dollars. That's about fifty-five billion dollars more than Bill Gates right now, and. That $150 billion is also worth more than Gates was in 1999, which was the previous top mark in inflation-adjusted worth until now. Man, how weird does it have to be that you had to wait this long to even be the richest guy in your own town? They're both- <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good – in the same metro area. Right. Also, yeah. I mean, who's doing it wrong living in New York and London and Berlin and Tokyo and Beijing? Well, because Seattle, the cost folks. of living is higher, Tom. Exactly. To you Seattle, want to be rich. Your, your dollar goes a little farther, apparently. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little more about rumored Samsung phones, Justin. Uh, TF International Securities Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo says that Samsung is planning three new models of the Samsung Galaxy S10 in 2019. Kuo believes that there will be models with 5.8-inch, 6.1-inch, and 64 four-inch screens. The larger models will supposedly have an ultrasonic fingerprint scanner built into the display. The smaller model will have it on the side. 
there is currently a sensor on the back for the Samsung Galaxies. Yeah, the S9. The S9 currently has the uh, the sensor on the back. So two things. One is Ming-Chi Kuo does do rumors for non-Apple Samsung, products. Samsung, I know. I was like, <laughs> do my eyes deceive me? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, that's part of his new gig at TF International Securities. Uh, also, Ming-Chi Kuo, if you're not familiar, very good at reading the supply lines. His, his analyst reports are meant for the supply chain industry, um, but because he's really good at reading that, he's able to tell what a lot of these final products will be, and, and he has very good accuracy. But I think the thing that is the most interesting out of this is the idea that Samsung would double down on the fingerprint scanner when Apple is very much moving towards saying fingerprint scanner that's old news facial ID will be so good that you won't it'll be easier whereas Samsung has iris recognition they they have some facial scanning technology but they're thinking they can differentiate themselves by saying we know a lot of you don't like the idea of the face ID so we'll do the fingerprint instead well I think also price points the big thing there too if they can continue to commoditize fingerprint scanners and put them on lesser priced feature fo- or lesser you know a, a cheaper version of it then that's something that's uh, i think exciting well yeah uh, and there is quo did say that he thought in 2019 that the a series phones might get this in display scanner as well so that's a great point what's better ultrasonic or supersonic uh, well, I don't want my phone to go supersonic because that means it's, oh, it's moving away from me faster than I can catch it. <laughs> I, just mean, I, would, I mean, on the tier of sonics. I, I would prefer it to be semisonic and mm-hmm. closing time for uh, the competition. Oh, semisonic. I forgot about that. Well, we have a new champion, everybody. Let's talk about Robo Race. Their autonomous car has become the first to complete the hill climb at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, which I had not heard about before today, but it sounds like a lot of fun. The hill is a 300-foot uh, rather gradual climb, narrow hay and brick-lined passages along the way. A Siemens autonomous Ford Mustang also completed the course. However, that car had several interventions from a human safety driver. So, Robo Race, congratulations. Man, yeah. it feels like the Goodwood Festival of Speed happens earlier every year, doesn't it? Uh, okay, you guys, this is definitely one of those situations where I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about the Goodwood Festival of Speed, but every single person out there listening right now who does is like, what are you, idiots? You've yeah, never you've heard of the Goodwood Festival of, of Speed? It's been going, it's been going on since seconds. 1993. It's iconic. It's done in West Sussex, England. Its owner, Charles Gordon Lennox, is the 11th Duke of Richmond, and he rode in one of these autonomous cars. What are you guys, idiots? That's yes. what I'm imagining someone's writing to us right now. The, uh, the well, short answer, yes. Long answer, let's go next year. <laughs> Seriously. It's like a lot of fun. <laughs> let's cover this. Uh, no, it, it has, it's a festival that's been going on for a long time, and it does a lot of cool stuff from what I've gathered now that I, I've looked into it. Um, but this hill is hard for human drivers. So getting an autonomous car to do it at all is pretty impressive. It's a nice challenge to complete, although... Yet, as we mentioned, the Siemens Mustang couldn't do it on its own. Even the Robo Race car did it real slow. <laughs> like it's just kind of puttering along. Uh, but but look, I mean, I think these are the kinds of stories that we are going to continue to see as autonomous driving becomes more and more of a reality. And 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 passing these tests is a huge step forward, not only for the tech but also for the understanding of it, because. Uh, there, there have been peaks and valleys to us understanding exactly where autonomous driving is going to fit into our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a 300-foot gradual climb, it's like, you know, the closest 
thing I can think of is certain hills in San Francisco where you're like, as a driver, you're like, is, is, is this going to work? <laughs> going to get yeah. to the top of the hill or going the other way as well is, you know, sort of terrifying. So uh, I can see where there are there are practical applications to a car being able to 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 tackle this. Yeah, it's and, a pr- proof of something, yeah. <laughs> a proof of, of technology or, or skill. Yeah. Roku introduced its Roku TV wireless speakers, wireless speakers that they say will be in sync because you can only use it with the Roku TV, uh, not the Roku boxes or the sticks. The speakers connect to the Roku Power TV using the Wi-Fi powered Roku Connect platform. We talked about that at CES. They announced it and it's actually shipping. A CES announcement is actually shipping. That's actually the biggest news here. No, not really. Uh, The speakers also have Bluetooth, uh, so you can play music from like your phone or your tablet. Speakers come with the Roku TV voice remote which has limited voice activations. You press a button and you can say, you know, play, pause, rewind, etc. And a square Roku touch remote. The idea is you keep that one on the coffee table and you can just hit play or pause easily there. Customers who pre-order the speakers now... Get them at 150 bucks until next week, July 24th. After that, you can pre-order them at a discount and get them for 180 bucks until October 15th. That's when they sh- start shipping. Once they start shipping, they'll be 200 bucks for everybody. But wireless speakers, uh, granted, these are probably not going to be the best quality sounding speakers you could buy, but they're easy setup. You press a button. If you've got the Roku TV and the Roku speakers, they find each other and boom, Bob's your uncle. So, an interesting play here. Obviously, we have seen no shortage of ways to capitalize on the smart speaker market. Not uh, a smart speaker. Well, sure. Okay. Uh, uh, this is its own. Basically, it's taking the idea that all right. Well, what what is cool about those smart uh, smart speakers that you can put them anywhere and that you can that you want to angle? Uh, uh, you know, like okay, well, I can yell from these various places. And, and it can hear it, right? Mm. This is saying, let's do dirt dumb surround sound. Let's do dirt dumb wireless. Anywhere. The big the big key here is wireless. You won't have to plug stuff in and run wires. That's that's the big attractive feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that and that you can now angle exactly how you want. It's not the not the cost of surround sound, it's not the installation of surround sound, but you can have a have that feeling fairly cheap. That's a smart idea. If you already have a Roku TV. Yeah, and you don't care too much. You're not an audiophile. I don't want to say you don't care too much about sound, but you you just want something that sounds a little better than your TV speakers, basically. Yeah. Well, and if you have smart speakers, then it's some other device that you also have alongside this because, you know, there's only so many speakers most of us want, you know, hanging around. I would prefer to have the smart speaker that can then hook into my mm-hmm. home entertainment system. But again, the options that I have right now, even though they're, they vary in, in quality and some are higher quality, not wireless. So that is a, that is a good selling point. Mm-hmm. Skype version 8.0 is launching, bringing mobile redesign to desktop. Skype 8 includes 1080p HD video and screen sharing, as well as new chat and file sharing features. Mm-hmm. Skype 7 will no longer function after September 1st, and later this summer, Skype will add end-to-end encryption to audio calls, text messages, and shared files. And Microsoft will add call recording to Skype across Windows, Mac, iOS, Android, and Linux. All members of the call are notified as recording begins, and audio, video, uh, and uh, share screens are all included in the recording. The feature will start rolling out at the end of July. 
Tom, another universally praised move by Skype. <laughs> uh, nobody likes to praise Skype, I know. But building in call recording, something that certainly podcasters and a, and a lot of other people have wanted for a long time. I mean, it's been 15 years of Skype and people using, you know, hot recorder for VoIP and uh, audio hijack and Skype just never built it in. Now it's finally built in. Is it too little too late? I don't know. But it, but the fact that it's doing video, uh, the fact that they're now bringing in HD into it. I mean, these, none of these are bad updates for Skype. The question is, Skype usership is kind of plateauing because people are learning to use other things instead from FaceTime to Discord and more. Uh, the big thing that I've seen Sturm and Drung about is the fact that older versions will stop working. Yeah, but that's not new. They, they've been doing that for a while where they're like, nope, your, your older version is working. What's new here is on the day of the new one, they announced the old one will stop working really soon. Uh, yes. But they're, they're trying to get people used to that idea of like, no, uh, you can't go to oldapps.com and just keep using your favorite version of Skype. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody who has to occasionally use Skype for a variety of, yeah, like remote interviews where you record your audio locally and I do and then we mess with it later. It's cumbersome. I would I would love if this feature worked really well and it didn't have kind of that compressed sound that you get on Skype, um, which you, you can usually bypass if you have local copies. So um, we don't use Skype on this show, but I suppose that's, that's actually an interesting question of whether or not their call recording will be recordings locally. I mean, if, if it is central and everybody's on Skype I and mean, you could theoretically have everything local. Yeah. It's a cloud recording yeah. according, yeah. according to what I've read. Um, so that so that you're getting the best version of everybody. Uh, oh yeah. So well, well, if, well. If, if that's the case, that's a really cool feature. We'll see that yeah. it works like that, or if it's really not the best local version, but the best cloud version. Uh, who knows? But but yeah, get get used to it, folks. You, running old apps is a bad idea. It always has been in a, a world where security moves fast because you need security updates, and you can't expect companies to continue to support security patches for decades. So mm-hmm. we're going to have fewer and fewer opportunities to use old software, and it's risky to do so anyway. Well, you know, we've actually come across, uh, there have been a few folks who've, you know, had some issues with iTunes with, with, with our show lately. And it's like, well, what version are you running? Oh, a really old one. Yeah. Well, and and, uh, and you since know, you brought that up, I want to yeah. hasten to say that is not inform my attitude uh, here. My attitude towards you is you, it should still work. You should still be able to get our show. Uh, but it, separately, maybe, you know, not the most secure thing to do. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Pinterest is spinning out Instapaper as a separate company. Pinterest acquired the Read It Later bookmarking service two years ago, although Instagram has been... It's uh, had a storied career of its own. Instapaper not only lets you read articles later, but also save them for offline viewing and then even email them to the Kindle. Marco Arment, formerly of Tumblr, sold Instapaper, which he started, to Betaworks, which also bought Dig, if we're keeping score, back oh, in wow. 2013. It went independent again for a while before Pinterest acquired it. The same team of developers has been running it through all of this. Now the company, once again, is is independent. Instapaper has been offline in Europe since May. That's due to the need to comply with GDPR. So you know, the key here is that the developers who've been running it will now own it. Like they're running it. They're, they didn't sell it to somebody else this time. And it's the same people who've been running it since Armit sold it. 
So, yeah. so f- they're trying Sorry, to calm yeah. people Sorry, down who are like, hold on, what about privacy? It's like, hey, we're the same developers, same servers and everything. We're just not part right. of Pinterest yeah. anymore. Right. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm curious if this is going to survive, though. Uh, it feels like Pinterest wanted to get rid of it because it didn't want to do the work to comply with GDPR, and there's yeah. not enough usage of it. Well, and it's it's an interesting space uh, that you know the features for which have been kind of built into a lot of the devices that uh, you know it was once most useful for. So, yeah, I mean, browsers do a lot of what Instapaper was. You know, back in the day, it was like this is this is the way to go. Um, I used it constantly, and again, I used it a lot more when I used an iPad more regularly because I was reading a lot more uh, longer uh, form content off of my desktop, but. Um, it's a great product, but yeah, like you mentioned, Justin, it's it, the features were, you know, lots of other companies were like, oh, well, yeah, of course, that's a great idea. Let's just do that. Yeah. I, I want to put it out there to the audience. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Uh, people tend to get their news from streaming sources. And by streaming, I don't mean streaming video. Like I just read Twitter. I just look at Facebook. They don't save articles to read like you used to. And with internet connectivity becoming more and more pervasive, there's not a need to read things offline like there used to be. Uh, So I'm curious if there are people out there who still use either Instapaper or Pocket or any of these services. And if so, why do you still need to use them now? And why do you think other people have moved away from them? Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. Interesting story in the Atlantic today about many of Instagram's biggest accounts, particularly meme-related accounts, locking their accounts away from the public in order to get more followers. Let me explain uh, how it looks. 8 million followers. Couples note, 8.2 million. Greater comedy, 5.3 million. The list goes on. They have all become private Instagram accounts. That means you can't see the pictures unless you're a follower. And to become a follower, you have to request approval to be followed. Now, granted, these accounts are approving anybody who asks, but they're making you go through the process of requesting approval because it means when a follower of their account shares a photo in a direct message or a group chat, the other friends who might not be followers won't see the meme. And that makes them want to follow the Instagram account so they can see what the big deal is. It also means that these new accounts don't get featured on Instagram's Explore page, but the private meme pages have been seeing an increase in followers as a result. In other words, we get more followers from folks in group chat uh, realizing, oh, I need to follow them to see the meme than we get from featured being featured on Instagram's own Explore page. Uh, in fact, one account in this Atlantic article says they went from 10,000 a day to 100,000 a day just by going private. Now, th- there's some benefits and detractions to this, uh, but, but Sarah, I know this caught your eye as well. It, it's sort of creating a walled garden in order to increase interest. Yeah. And this is, I have several friend groups on Instagram where, you know, we're all sending each other memes. You know, a meme is, you know, it's, it's something, we all know what a meme is. And half the time someone will send something and be like, lol, haha, in the caption. And the rest of us are like private account. No one saw that. And so then that person has to go back, take a screenshot and then send it again. So you can get around these things, but it does, 
it, you know, you, you notice that they're kind of, you know, cause you kind of go in and go, hmm, why is it private? That seems like a cool exclusive club I want to be in. Go ahead and follow. Another thing about this is, yes, you have to request to follow and then you're granted access and then you're in. But if you want to unfollow an account, and a lot of these meme accounts say, there's it, it, there's sort of like this added incentive to do it because there's one more step uh, part that's part of uh, unfollowing an account because Instagram will say, just so you know, you're going to have to be reaccepted again if you if you unfollow. You really want to do that? And so people might go, well, I guess I'll just keep following. So it is a way to retain followers as much as it is a way to gain followers even though it's sort of reverse psychology. You know, this is an outgrowth of one of my favorite lessons that Instagram taught me. And I think it is very instructive of the difference between folks who grew up in a world without the internet and people who have grown up with it. Specifically that as the internet became a thing for for many of us, uh, the idea was always infinite space that was the most fascinating thing and so Flickr was great photos all my photos i can now have them categorized and and every photo i ever take will be there and then instagram seems to have been more about scarcity and and you've seen these trends of uh, younger users that will only keep seven uh, uh, pictures on their instagram account at all time they'll be deleting photos and that's totally contrary to everything that I've always done. It's like, no, no, no. One day I'm going to want to look at that photo 30 years from now and I need them all saved in quality. <laughs> and and that's what this is uh, uh, to me uh, about, that they're even their own product for exposure is not as interesting as scarcity. Of there's the- there's also the, um, there is the, the practice of going private and going public and sort of, going back and forth because maybe there's a racy photo that gets slipped in there. But if you're private, Instagram is not going to flag you the way that you're public. But as far as the followers go, if you have a, enough of an audience, you can walk that line as well. There's it's and it, the, the Atlantic article that, that goes into a lot of these accounts. I don't follow all the, uh, all the accounts that were mentioned, even though they have huge amounts of followers, but I follow a few of them and I couldn't even really tell you why, but you always imagine this as like some guy who just has a lot of time on his hands, love me, loves memes and just happened to, you know, strike it rich on Instagram. And it's like, most of these are run by firms who run various Instagram accounts with lots of followers. And the whole thing is to, you know, occasionally dip something in there that's for sale. And so people are actually making money off of that. That's also a part of this too. Yeah, it's it was uh, it's an eye opener if you haven't read this account uh, about how there are meme networks, right, of Instagram accounts where where there are managers who who manage many, uh, you know, not just dozens but hundreds of people who are out there on Instagram making money out of getting memes that are picked up uh, and and passed along. I mean, I don't follow a lot of these, but I follow a few of them, like We Rate Dogs. Uh, Sarah tipped me off to that a year One, ago. Wonderful so. account. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's probably the least example of, of these sorts of things. So yeah. Yeah, it's a, there's a whole world out there of, of people making money off things that you probably don't think are <laughs> that useful, unless you're already one of the people who's sharing them, and then you think they're great. Well, uh, so there's an account called Daquan. You guys may uh, follow, maybe don't, not, but a very popular meme account on Instagram. And it's run by an agency. And now I'm like, oh, that's why Daquan is always 
cross promoting these other rando accounts that I either look at or don't look at. It's like, it's just a, it's a company or, you know, it's, it's a company like anything else. It's well, not just, it's not just that guy that I, you know, thought was some, you know, <laughs> and there's, and there's a lot of money in it. I mean, look at brands like, like the chive and stuff like that, that were, you know, basically uh, born on uh, the, this idea and Instagram's the perfect discovery platform for it. Yeah, if you if you're if, like, how did those Vine people get uh, get popular? I mean, this is the same thing. It just never ended, uh, and so so it didn't. You you became less aware, I think, because it wasn't like all the Vine people have moved to YouTube, and I, you sort of heard stories about that. Instagram people are just still on Instagram, killing it. Ah, uh, the, the the six seconds that lasted a lifetime. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, if you like memes. And you want to let us know what memes you like the most or just any kind of news in general. You know where you should go? You should go to our subreddit, submit stories, and vote on other stories that are submitted by your peers at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. It's a lot of fun over there. Thanks for being lively in our subreddit, everybody. You help us make a great show. Uh, and you help us with headlines as well, which I'll be doing tomorrow morning. So see you there. Facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow is where you can hang out with us on Facebook as well. All right, let's move on to the thing of the day. And we've got Chris Christensen with great news on travel times, but also some less great news. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. If you like air travel, but you don't like how long the flights get for international flights, there's some good news recently when Boeing announced they're working on a new hypersonic passenger jet that would go two and a half times the speed of the old Concorde. It would go up to Mach 5. It would also fly 30,000 feet higher than the Concorde flew. You could get from San Francisco to Tokyo in three hours. That's the good news. The bad news is they think it'll take about 20 to 30 years to develop. I'm Chris Christensen. From Amateur Traveler. That's exactly the reaction, right? <laughs> Tokyo in three hours. Oh, uh, in 30 uh, years. I'll be when dead. I'm yeah. <laughs> no, that's, hey, I, I, uh, we're, we're, we're getting there, right? That's, um, that's cool. It's, it's also funny, though, to think where that tech will be when you've also seen the rise of, now that re- reusable rockets are a reality, that that being the new way to get from point a to point b and 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 at that Mm. timeline i'd be curious to see which is further along all right let's see what's in the mailbag sarah got a lot of good mailbag options today but i had to go with dave's david packard is a cpa in i think it's Irvine, California. I think it's uh, uh, Orange County, which is not too far from where Tom and Roger and I are. Uh, Dave says, thought he might like a picture of my grandson. His name is Cadence and me, Dave, in our Born Ready shirts. They're twins. They are, and they're so cute. Um, Well, he is the most adorable grandson I've ever seen, Dave. So, you know, don't tell all the other grandsons I said that. But for anybody who's listening to the audio version, we'll also post these pics in our blog post because you should really see the cuteness. Yeah, yeah, go to dailytechnewsshow.com. Uh, check them out. Thanks for sharing those, uh, David. And no one ever looked better in a Born Ready DTNS t-shirt than those two, I think. I know. Totally. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a reminder that if you'd like some of those shirts, uh, we have them in our store as well. So yep. mm. check them out. You Daily can, Tech you, News Show. You can do it too. War Daily of the News Photos. Show DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store. Go there. Uh, Justin Robert Young, I don't believe you have a grandson yet, but I'm sure if you do, uh, you guys will look great in your Born Ready t-shirts as well. Uh, besides that, what else have you been doing? Yeah, no, uh, that, that's that's uh, certainly not... Uh, <laughs> 
I think we're, we're a few steps away. Uh, here's, a, here's a step that you can take, though, uh, today, and that is signing up for my free political newsletter. Just go to freepoliticalnewsletter.com, and uh, you can sign up for the Politics, Politics, Politics Daily. Uh, all the stories that I'm keeping an eye on, uh, well, we're going to have a lot to talk about with the uh, Trump and Putin uh, Helsinki summit. Oh, uh, is that happening? And, uh, and so much more. So head on over there. It, it's an easy read, man. Five uh, stories, a uh, few hot takes, and mostly gifts, sometimes, of The Chappelle Show. Mm. FreePoliticalNewsletter.com. We have the best audience in the world, and a thanks uh, to all the members who make it possible and join us at patreon.com slash DTNS. It's just one of the ways you can support the show and a way to support it directly. Uh, in fact, Creative Ast Arts has been taking it upon himself. He's, he's not only a, a patron, uh, a highly active member of our Slack, he created the DTNS Labs Art, uh, but he has been going in and hand editing Good Day Internet uh, with the YouTube video. So if you are a person who wants to hear the whole Good Day Internet pre and post show, but also view the video parts that happen during the live stream, he's making that possible. He, you, you'll have to look for his posts. He's doing it himself. It's not a not a supported option or anything, but we love that he's doing it. Uh, so just look in the comments section for each Good Day Internet post at patreon.com slash DTNS, and you can actually find the link uh, when he puts it in there. Uh, and and it's it's all a volunteer effort. Uh, and we have so many things like that. So we, we can't say enough awesome things about you, the folks in the audience. Thank you for listening and supporting the show for almost five years years now we thank you so much we sure do we also want your feedback keep the feedback coming questions comments all that good stuff feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where you can send a little note to the team we're also live monday through friday if you can join us we'd love to have you 4 30 p.m eastern 2030 utc find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live we will be back tomorrow with a man who has been in helsinki during a summit and is french the world cup champion patrick beja he'll join us tomorrow show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs> spin your passion into a business with shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.